From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Last week on the podcast, we talked about the Common Core State Standards. Those are the sets of new higher learning benchmarks that have been adopted by most states. We heard from one of the authors of the English language arts and literacy portion of the standards. This week, we talked to one of the lead authors of the Common Core Math Standards. Jason Zimba is a mathematical physicist and one of the founders of Student Achievement Partners, an organization that helps schools put the standards into practice. Zimba spoke with American Radio Works correspondent Emily Hanford. In the U.S., math education has been a mile wide and an inch deep. We lead the world in the thickness of our textbooks. Higher-performing countries spend most of their time on arithmetic and early grades because they know that it's the foundation for higher math. In this country, we haven't done it that way. We've had every topic in every grade learned superficially, repeated at nauseum from grade to grade. So you said a mile wide and an inch deep, which is a phrase that I and many pe- other people have heard a lot. So tell me again, what exactly does that mean? If you looked at standards before the Common Core, you would see kindergartners spending an awful lot of time on statistics, shapes, patterns, a kind of false sophistication about fractions before kids are really ready to work with them. You wouldn't see kids spending a long time on counting, cardinality, adding and subtracting, word problems about adding and subtracting. You'd see the kids switching topic to topic from day to day uh, and really responsible for learning a wide range of topics instead of learning the most important topic. So the standards really ask teachers to spend the large majority of their time in each grade on the math that really matters the most for that grade to prepare students uh, to reach higher levels. So I have to ask, from, from the work that you did on the standards, what is your understanding of why in the United States we had this mile-wide, inch-deep curriculum where these other countries had sort of figured out something different? Why, why was it like that here? I think a combination of reasons. One reason is that we didn't have common standards. And so in order to sell textbooks, uh, you know, you want your textbook to sell in many different markets. And so in some markets, they expect one topic. In some markets, they expect another topic. And if you want your textbook to sell, you include both topics. And so there's a drive for the textbook to get fatter and fatter because the people buying it are just looking for their pet topic. That's one dynamic. Another reason is that we haven't had a college and career-ready standard before. And when you set a standard of college and career readiness, that means kids are going to have to learn a lot of algebra. And that means you're going to have to pay a lot of attention to the foundations of algebra in arithmetic. Previously, states haven't invested in arithmetic at that level uh, because they haven't expected as many students to do more advanced math. So the standards themselves start with the standards for mathematical practice. The first one is make sense of problems and persevere in solving them. What does that mean, and and why does that matter? One thing I would say about the standards for mathematical practice is that their interpretation in different grades is going to be quite different. Perseverance for a kindergarten student is not the same as perseverance for an eighth-grade student or junior in high school. second thing I would say about them is that these are capacities that we know students need in order to succeed in mathematics. When you look at a math problem the first time you see it, you might not know what to do but it's not okay not to persevere with the problem. What can you say about how these new math standards should be changing how teachers teach? And that's a problematic question right there because obviously teachers teach in a lot of different ways. But what should, 
What should people be seeing in a classroom where a teacher is really doing the Common Core math standards well? There are a lot of different ways to reach the goals and the standards, and the standards don't dictate the teaching. It's true, however, that reaching high levels of achievement in mathematics does have implications for how students learn and how teachers teach. I think my sense is that the average mathematics classroom can stand to become a more academic place where the ideas are under discussion, the students are understanding and correcting each other, and these are some of the classroom practices that one would expect to see and that one does see in high-performing countries. I think the curriculum market is in flux. When the standards came out, some publishers pushed out half-baked stuff. Some other publishers put a sticker on the materials they've been using for years and called it Common Core. I don't think that situation can last. I think we're beginning to see some movement simultaneously toward alignment and quality. One of the things that I have heard a lot from teachers is that the Common Core, in comparison to their previous state standards, what they're finding is a lot of the math content has been moved down a grade. That this is what used to be in sixth grade is now in fifth grade, or what used to be in fifth grade is now in fourth grade or third grade. Is that accurate? You know, before the Common Core, every unhappy state was unhappy in its own way. The research on previous state standards pointed to extreme diversity. There were states that introduced unlike denominators in second grade and states that didn't expect it until seventh grade. So in a, in a picture that's characterized by chaos and diversity, it's hard to talk about trends. I, I do think that college and career-ready standards are going to be, for most states, uh, a lift in these ways, and, and probably the expectations are higher, for example, for the amount of algebra in eighth grade. So that doesn't surprise me. I also know that as the grades get higher, the, there tends to be more and more remediation because kids haven't been learning the arithmetic in the early grades, particularly in the mile-wide, inch-deep model. So there probably is, for the bulk of classrooms, the math is showing up earlier than it used to. What about students? I mean, I think about 80% now of students are graduating from high school, and I think it's about two-thirds of those graduates are going on to college right away anyway. So that still leaves a pretty large number of people who are not going to college. So how do, how do you know what students really need to know for a career without college in math? Over the coming years, the majority of jobs are going to require some education post-secondary. That could be a small amount. It could be a, a certificate or a one-year program, or it could be an associate's degree, or it could be a bachelor's degree or, or higher. But the idea that education ends with high school is less and less applicable as the decades go by. Some of the evidence that the Common Core draws upon is evidence from studies of workplace readiness and uh, career technical education. There are plenty of careers or jobs that students get directly out of high school, and those jobs will continue to exist. In the phrase college and career ready, the career really refers to jobs that require extensive post-secondary education.
That was Jason Zimba, the lead author of the Common Core State Standards for Mathematics and a founding partner at Student Achievement Partners, an organization that helps states put the standards into practice. He spoke with American Radio Works correspondent Emily Hanford. You can find more podcasts about education policy and a range of issues in K-12 and higher education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse through the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can like us if you like on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and you can follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.